All right. So, hey, guys, this isn't Tracy. This is actually her best friend, Girdley. And because me and that crazy girl have been through, like, uh, 10 years of adventures, I thought I'd hit y'all with a disclaimer of sorts. First and lastly, do know that whatever the hell Tracy shares in this podcast comes from her very own treasure chest of magic, logic, and good intentions. She's definitely not a therapist alternative, but she does believe it's inhumane to withhold what feels like gangsta insight. My girl's not for everyone, but she just might be for you. She's beauty in the Hey babes, this is I, Tracy G. Thankful you're having another earful of the She's Beauty and the Beast podcast. Merry Tuesday. Happy Thanksgiving Eve before the Eve. Does anyone else feel like the wild tsunami called the 2016 presidential race kind of put a cloud over my favorite holiday? But then, of course, we have to think about the initial cloud over this holiday, which is the truth, the uncomfortable truth of what really happened when our indigenous brothers and sisters were faced with the very first immigrants to plant their feet on this soil, AKA the pilgrims. And that also left uh, a non-washable stain on my favorite holiday. Fuck man. Well, despite all the mud that's been slung on Thanksgiving, it is my favorite, okay? I'm just really into getting drunk off gratitude. I mean, in between some sips of rum and Bailey's, you know, you know. But really, give me some bottomless glasses of gratitude and watch me twerk in the name of inner peace. Okay, episode 11 is upon us. Thank you to the good Lord. I have been taking um, inventory of pretty much all my favorite moments from 2016. And one of the first things that came to mind was a conversation I had with my wonderful friend, Melissa Kimball. She's the founder of the ever freaking popular Black Creatives, which is an authentic, comforting, solution-based one-stop shop for the young, restless, creative, and Black. I'm sure a lot of you guys are familiar with um, the brand because you probably see the hashtag all over your social media. Anyway, so back in May, uh, Mel, she interviewed me for a conference call on befriending fear, which is, when you think about it, really opposite the mission of a lot of people, right? I think it's very natural to want to wave that fuck fear flag hella high. And why? Because fear at its worst can completely immobilize our goals, which is what makes it so easy to curse out. But through my meetups with several descendants (laughs) of fear, caught up with anxiety a couple times, you know, had some bites out to eat of procrastination, a little long-term fling with self-doubt, etc., etc. I've come to the conclusion that it's my perception of fear um, that's worse than the reality of it, if that makes sense. So I thought it would be a good idea to repurpose that interview for us all because fear can get mighty creative with how it snags our attention. So as we prepare for a new year, I think we should also prepare for new ways to engage with fear. I'm not saying we about to be besties with the motherfucker, you know, but even as small as an upgrade from enemy to frenemy is beneficial in the long haul. Because unless you got that Luke Cage blood flowing in your veins, girl or guy, fear will be felt in some way, shape or form. Anyways, so here's a bit of how I've redesigned my relationship with fear. I hope you enjoy. Ooh, look at that. Fancy technology making its voice heard. 
Um, <laughs> anyways, guys, yeah, like Melissa said, my dear fellow humans, uh, we're really just thankful for you guys giving us a slice of your time. I know this Tuesday is feeling like one hell of a Monday, <laughs> and a lot of people probably want to be underneath their sheets or checking on Netflix or sexting a bay in training, whatever. So I appreciate you saying, you know what? Instead of doing that, I'm going to jump on this call. Because to me, the topic of fear has zero expiration date. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's an intangible that is constantly mutating and evolving. And it kind of reminds me, you know when you think you've stomped on an ant so many times that it's finally met its death? And then you lift up your foot, and that sucker is still wiggling around. (laughs) Like, that is fear. That is fear. Mm -hmm. No matter how dedicated you are to, um, to trying to, like, just get rid of it, to exterminate it, it's still going to find its way in your life. And so that's why I've chosen to peace out on the whole fuck fear campaign Mm -hmm. and just say, Hi, fear. <laughs> I, look at it co- I look at it completely differently because if something is going to be walking by my side every day, then I need to get to know it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to act right. like Kanye with his bodyguard that's like, no, don't talk to me when you're around. Because <laughs> <laughs> then fear starts to go ham and cheese, and it has, like, some abandonment issues, and then that's when we're left with a mess to deal with. So that's how I look at fear in a nutshell. Yes, awesome. And so to get started, we just want to do a quick little fun icebreaker um, about fear for not only um, Tracy but for myself, so we thought it would be kind of fun. So since Tracy, since you're the guest, you can go first. Ooh, okay, okay. (laughs) All right, my first question for you, Mel, is what's your favorite scary movie? Ooh, that's a good one. I would have I to try with, I know, right, um, Scream, the first one, not all of, like, the entire series. So I feel like the first one was, like, a classic. It was, like, a mix of, like, scary stuff, but, like, a thriller, and it had, like, a twist in the end, so I would go with Scream. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll give you a wax fact as an addendum to that. I've never seen Scream. (laughs) I know. I might as well have been born in, like, 2011, right? I have no idea how I'm an 80s baby, and I haven't seen Scream. But um, but whatever. That's one of my my little idiosyncrasies, so don't you dare judge me. What's your question? No, no, no. Okay, so (laughs) this is kind of more like a fill-in-the-blank. So as a child, I was most afraid of... You and everybody who's muted is going to, well, you can't look at me, so thank God for that. But if you could look at me, everybody's face would scrunch up because my answer is butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> I was just revealing this to my boy the other day, I think literally like 24 hours ago, and he was just like, wait, what? I don't know. Things with, with like oversized wings just tend to scare me. Mm. And then I didn't understand how come the butterfly couldn't fly in a linear line. But then <laughs> I started to have empathy for it because I was like, oh, the butterflies are always, you know, flying around all crazy like because they've been a freaking caterpillar for most of their lives. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're not used to this 
<laughs> this new level of life. They're not used to, to the to the evolution, to this new chapter. They're just figuring it out, and here I am judging it. So anyway, those butterflies, um, but I've been vigorously trying to get over it, you know, those butterfly clips I put in my hair, butterfly mm, I patches I would have on my backpack. <laughs> Uh, you know, Mariah Carey CDs I would purchase. <laughs> so I'm trying to get down with the butterflies. I don't want to be attacked. I want no problem. <laughs> I mean, you were proactive, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, my turn. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. All right, keeping it rolling, keeping it rolling. Uh, what scares you more, Trump or ISIS? Oh, my God. Trump, <laughs> because he is homegrown. Mmm. Having a domestic terrorist, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so much mm-hmm. worse, so much harder to identify. Yeah, I think I definitely have to concur. Concur okay. because I'm scared. <laughs> okay, and I'll give you one more. But this is fun. Like, we should do this more often. But um, let's see. Most people would be surprised by the fact that I used to be afraid of oh, the butterfly part would have been better there, Um, that I used to be afraid of, huh, would be surprised. I'm going to put butterflies in there, and I'm going to give you a different answer for your initial one of when I was was younger, what I was afraid of. I was deathly afraid of being kidnapped. Hmm. Like, to the point where I I met, I had a very keen sense of direction as a child, Mm -hmm. because if I was able to escape. I wanted to know exactly where I was, <laughs> like what woods were around me. I just know every single type of like, you know, landmark mm-hmm. because, and I would always think to myself, how am I going to psychologically deflect <laughs> these people, <laughs> these monsters of society so I can crawl through a hole and come back to my mother. Yeah, but I, I overthought that a, a gazillion times, and I really think it's because, um, I was always in between my mother's legs watching Oprah while she was braiding up my hair. And at that time, I think Oprah was obsessed with, like, just child endangerment in a flurry of ways. And it just mm-hmm. seeped into my subconscious. And those were my nightmares. Those were my constant nightmares. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, again, again, we just want to say welcome to everyone um, who's tuned into the call tonight. If you're just joining us, again, welcome to the Black Creative Q&A call on Befriending Fear with Tracy G of Slay in the Morning and also the co-founder of, you know, She's Beauty and the Beast. And again, you know, if this is your first time joining us, Black Creatives and My Creative Connection is really just a space for creators of color, um, you know, not really specific age range, but just more of um, like a target mindset. You know, we believe in getting the work done, building community, and really um, taking the time and the space needed to really build the lives that we see for ourselves. So to go ahead and get started, Tracy, um, the title mm-hmm. of this call right, is called Befriending Fear. Now, right. why should we become friends with fear, you know, in the first place? Like, what are the, the benefits of creating a relationship with something mm-hmm. we don't even like? Um, because usually the less we know of something, the more perplexed we are about it. Mm-hmm. And if fear is this constant for some people, it's a hum. For some people, it's a roar. 
but for most of us, it's a constant feeling, then if it's going to be around, you should befriend it. Because mm-hmm. if you constantly have, feel like you have an enemy beside you, then that just promotes anxiety, that just promotes paranoia, and now your fear is having a leash on you instead of you having a leash on your fear. Mm-hmm. And then... I'm a little bit of a control enthusiast, we'll say, (laughs) instead of control freak. (laughs) So even beyond putting, I've kind of moved past uh, putting a leash on fear and just wanting to domesticate it into sometimes letting it roam free. You know, Mm -hmm. kind of like if if you're, depending on what area you live in, you don't need to necessarily have your dog by your side. You can go in a park and just let it run out, blah, blah, blah. That's probably a weak analogy. But my point is, is that I acknowledge the fact that I feel the fear. Mm-hmm. Because the more that I get into a scuffle with it, like, it's an intangible. And mm-hmm. the thing about our imagination is it can just go into a wild, wild space where mm-hmm. there is no end in sight when it comes to imagination and your fear can maybe possibly start off the size of a pea and mm-hmm. then because you never got to analyze it and to embrace it, all of a sudden it's the size of a freaking 10 story building. Right. And it goes beyond okay. us. But I firmly believe that, and I don't know, I think life is so much easier with having a spiritual base. That's just my super adamant belief. And so I look at fear as, it's always the same size as me or smaller. Mm. It's, it's never beyond me. If it is beyond me, then that's something that's going on mentally, and I have to mm-hmm. reel that in. Wow. So, yeah, it's, and, and, and this is all through, like, super, just different conversations and, and not being scared of fear as, like, much as that may not, may not make sense, but not being scared to feel it. Because I Mm -hmm. feel like we're in a space where people just want to reject it, to ignore it, to annihilate it. But, like, it's kind of like watching somebody. You ever saw um, Fight Club? And initially Mm -hmm. when, uh, damn, I forgot homeboy's name. But, you know, he would look like he was fighting nobody. Mm -hmm. You know, you just like, you in a fisticuffs with the freaking air. Like, that's what fear is like, because it's an intangible. It's something that, that's rooted internally. I mean, sometimes externally. Like, if you've got a fucking wild ex-boyfriend with a knife to your throat, yes. That is a very prompt uh, physical fear. But much of the time, it resides on the inside. And things mm-hmm. can get so out of control on the inside if we don't um, have a strategy involved. Oh, and wow. I think also... One of the ways that you can tame fear mm-hmm. is um, by personifying it. That's mm-hmm. what I do for a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe it's like a weirdo type of joint, but whatever. It's keeping my sanity intact, okay? So I'm going to share it. And we spoke about this at the panel, Mel. One, I give my fear a name. I put mm-hmm. some respect on my fear. <laughs> and yeah. my girl's name is Gertrude. And I look at Gertrude as a very archaic, 
overprotective, but at the end of the day, loving sort of parental figure who, again, mm-hmm. just has these really deep-rooted abandonment issues. <laughs> so she don't want to leave me alone, but she's family. And, and Gertrude was more so needed at, like, the genesis of humanity, right? Mm-hmm. When there was, mm-hmm. like, Tasmanian tigers to the left and, like, woolly <laughs> mammoths to the right. <laughs> and maybe without Gertrude... I would have said, yo, that little Tasmanian tiger is so adorable. Let me just freaking scratch it behind its ears. And then my entire freaking arm would have been off and tossed into the Atlantic Ocean, right? And so Gertrude was like, bitch, you're going to have to take a couple steps back. (laughs) Trust me on this one. Um, But the thing thing about fear, and I've learned this a lot from Elizabeth Gilbert, who – I'm a major disciple of, you know, she wrote Eat, Pray, Love and Big Magic, and she's an amazing thought leader. And um, she always explains how fear just, it hasn't evolved at the same pace as everything else, you know? Mm-hmm. So it can look at a, a freaking graduate dissertation as that tiger. It can look at... Um, a presentation at your job in front of, you know, the big suits as that freaking woolly mammoth. And that's why I'm saying its intentions mm-hmm. are good. But you have to say, I have something a little bit stronger than fear, which is intuition. I have something a little bit stronger than fear, which is faith. You know, mm-hmm. I have something a little bit stronger than fear, um, which is, not giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I think when it comes to, because, because sometimes it, it can't always be, yo, I'm just going to mute fear and do whatever the hell I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think, and you're probably going to get into this, so stop me if I'm, if yeah. I'm scratching up the flow <laughs> of your question. Let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. No, I just, I want to point out that it's it's really interesting that you said that fear's intention is good. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think that really, that really kind of hit me because when we think of fear, it's, of course, it's always associated with something negative or something that's out to get us. But to say that its intention is good, can you elaborate more? On that little piece, and then we'll we'll go to the next question. So yeah, where well, does that a lot yeah, where of, does that come from? Well, a lot of fear is based on perception, right? Mm-hmm. It's based on the perception that something is dangerous, that something is going to cause emotional, spiritual, or bodily harm to us. Something mm-hmm. is a dire threat that needs to be dealt with um, right at the millisecond. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm saying. So if that's the intention is to shield us from this, you know, wild everlasting pain, then that's beautiful. That's mm-hmm. a ride or die chick. <laughs> like that's a friend for life. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But that goes back to how fear is a little archaic. It's like your grandmother who doesn't want you to travel abroad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. they, because the, the grandmother just, like, 
thinks you're going to get snatched up by a boogeyman or something or just watched too many, what's that movie, Taken, just watched Taken a little bit <laughs> too many times, you know what I'm saying? Right. Or, or, or believe that, like, television is the devil. You understand what I'm saying? These are just very, like, old-fashioned, old-school ways of thinking about things, but at the end of the day, it's rooted in love. Mm-hmm. And I don't have no freaking sci- scientific proof of this, but I have something that sometimes is stronger than scientific proof, and that is a, a choice in perception. Mm-hmm. And, right. and we have every day a buffet of perspectives to choose, mm-hmm. straight up. And it's like, what are you going to put on your plate? And this is just what happens to work for me. And when I think of it in that way, I just become calmer. So I start to look at fear the way I would look at my mother, who's highly concerned about something that I know <laughs> has, has zero effect on my livelihood in mm-hmm. a negative way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But for yeah. her, it's like there's just such an attachment to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because fear has helped us with so much, it stops you from, you know, putting your hand by the fire again. It stops a lot of people from another year in a tempestuous relationship. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It stops yeah. us. It, it, it does its job for a lot of things. <laughs> and because mm-hmm. of that, it just thinks everything is out to get us. hmm Because if a mother has a child and every freaking day the teacher is calling up this mom and it's like, yo, your kid just like broke its leg off the swing. And the next day it's like, yo, your kid was just rollerblading and now has like 10, uh, you know, like uh, needs like staples in its leg. (laughs) After a while, you're going to just grow a paranoia and you're just going to be overprotective of your kid and you're going to try not to. But guess what? It's not even the mother's job to stop being overprotective like that would be ideal but it's the child's job as it gets older to be like mom okay I get it but I'm still gonna go hiking Mm -hmm. (laughs) mom okay I get it but Thailand is calling me by first middle and last name I'm going you understand (laughs) what I'm saying so so, that's what I'm saying at a point as adults we've outgrown fear but you still have to respect it because in my sincere perspective um fear loves us Mm -hmm. (laughs) it just loves really 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 hard Mm -hmm. and and, and so we need to put to to, to give some distance yeah (laughs) no i agree i love it and so fear comes in many shapes and many forms so how can we begin Mm -hmm. to recognize it like how do we know when we're acting from a place of fear versus what versus not being afraid (laughs) like how do we know when we should actually abide by fear Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that I think we should probably break that up into the two parts so the first question is like how can we begin to recognize fear like, how do um, we I know think, what fear looks like and what it feels like? Mm. Well, I think, you know, 
the one home that we're going to have for our entire lives is our body, right? Mm-hmm. So the home that, think about the home that you lived in the longest. You know when creeks are coming from, like, just the natural um, ambiance of the house mm-hmm. or whether somebody is actually intruding. You understand what I'm saying? When, mm-hmm. you, when, when you're in your house. Like, I know when something is just, like, if it were, like, my mother who is just walking down the hallway versus somebody who's being secretive, and then now my ears are perked up, and I'm like, something is awry. Mm-hmm. And so if you think of your body as that home, you also know you can feel, like, okay, my heart is racing a little bit more. That's throwing me off equilibrium. Some people's palms get sweaty. Okay, that's not the everyday um, mm-hmm. feeling of it. Uh, some people, like, their voice gets a little crackly or you just feel dry or you all of a sudden just want to be super antisocial um, or you get quieter or you start, then you pay attention to the dialogue. Mm-hmm. I think we always have to constantly be in tune with the conversations that are being had within our minds and if those conversations are being had with our full consent, right? Because then the, yeah. some of those conversations mm-hmm. when you're fear usually come with question marks. They are, they are not periods, <laughs> and they certainly are not exclamation points, except, of course, if you are in, like, in a, in a very physically taxing state. Uh, but, yeah, if it's like, can I do this? Am I allowed to be here? Who do I think I am? Is this the right place for me? Mm-hmm. Do I deserve this? Oh, my gosh, are they going to think I'm crazy? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Questions like that that really strip away the value of who you are. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of times the, um, the antidote for that is preparation. Mm-hmm. I think preparation breeds That's confidence. Good. And confidence is like the holy water you douse fear with <laughs> to just chill it on out, you know. Mm-hmm. Because the, the, the less prepared we feel, and sometimes a lot of people, you can be in a situation like even something like this. Mm-hmm. Gertrude is by my side <laughs> while I'm on this call. <laughs> yeah. And as much as like I love conversations about fear and, you know, we've had them, um, to with a, we've had conversations with a lot of whiff to them, but I still need to prepare in some way, shape, or form because if I stumble, I'm going to feel like I'm on a tightrope. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And all there is beneath me is freaking 7th Avenue cement. <laughs> 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 but preparation is like, ah. I'm going to have fun with it. And if I stumble, I'm going to activate these wings and I'm going to get right back up. <laughs> or if I go a little bit down more, I'm going to activate these springs and I'm going to bounce and not break. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what just ten- that's just tends to happen. But if you go into something completely naked, <laughs> then you're setting yourself up. And that's when it goes back to you let fear put a leash on you. Oh, that's good. That's the other way around. And so mm-hmm. at- 
Okay, at what point did your relationship with fear change? Like, how did you come to, you know, get in the habit of, you know, giving it a name and giving it a personality? Like, how did you how did you get to that space? And and do you think that your relationship with fear will continue to evolve over time? Yeah, I do think it's going to continue to evolve because I'm constantly evolving. My goals are evolving. My world is, you know, turning into a million different shapes at a time, (laughs) you know, with with technology and especially someone like me who I tend to fall in love with so many different aspects of life. Like I'm a hummingbird, you know. I'm not (laughs) a jackhammer. When We spoke about this, yeah, and a jackhammer – like for groups of people who identify um, as someone who immediately they recognize the love of their life in their work, you know, in their Mm -hmm. purpose. And they just, and it's just one person and they are all about monogamy from jump and they just focus on that craft. Boom, 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 boom. I am very, very polyamorous when it comes to my interests, you know, and Mm -hmm. I just like to cross-pollinate. And so I have no idea what is going to be flirting with my spirit in like a year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that might, that might scare me, you know? So yeah, it's always going to be there, but I have a better relationship with it. And I try to really like, Instead of sometimes focusing so much on it psychologically, even though I do have fun um, doing um, analytics of that sort, but I've really been focusing on fear on a physiological level and, Mm -hmm. like, working on my breathing, you know? So Tony Robbins, the world's greatest life coach, she always talks about power breathing and Gabrielle Bernstein, you know, major spiritual wellness coach, she speaks about it as well. And you literally can calm, like you can slow down the pace of your heart. Hmm. You literally are breaking down all of the blood cells that rush to your brain when you have anxiety Mm -hmm. inhaling is sending them back to all the other zones in your body that they need to go to, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll just sometimes look at it because because that's easy for me. I can immediately do it. It's just pure science. And when you're dealing with facts, there's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end. And so I'll just concentrate on my breathing instead of just like overanalyzing things and being like, mm-hmm. why, where is this coming from? How can I stop it? Where is it going? What's the root? Is it going to be with me in the morning? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes it's as simple as I'm going to do my military breath, which is you inhale, but you have to inhale with your stomach like Buddha style. So when you inhale, your stomach doesn't go in. It pushes out. Mm-hmm. And then you hold it for like 10 seconds so you can get the most out of it. And then when you exhale, you also take 10 seconds. And that's when your stomach contracts. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and you can really just like, it's like basically hitting a reset button for your body. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just clears away all the clouds in your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it's, it's almost like a nightlight in a sense, or when you're a child, you know, you know, I'd be having guys, 
I can't survive without analogies, y'all. <laughs> I cannot survive. I am someone who I feel like God hides little cheat sheets. I look at life as a video game, and God hides little cheat sheets and just like the little daily activities that we overlook. <laughs> and so the way that when we were younger, we would think that this, this huge freaking shadow was like, you know, the thing that goes bump in the night, whatever. And then you just add a nightlight and you're like, oh, shoot, it's not that. And so I feel like the breathing just separates, like, your, your imagination from your reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then and we, I remember you were asking this question about, okay, how do you know whether you should um, – well, I think it's always cool to con- consult with fear. And one of the things you should ask yourself when you're consulting with fear is, Am I okay with the worst possible outcome? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're not okay with it, then you don't have to fuck with it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like someone right now is probably, it's 8 o'clock East Coast time. Maybe they're at their job and they're contemplating having an affair with their boss who they probably maybe have true sexual chemistry with. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And when they answer that question of, can I handle the worst possible outcome, which is being outed, <laughs> being caught in this affair, and possibly losing my job, mm-hmm. if the answer is no, then fear just freaking, yo, help your ass out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, fear just, how yeah, that shit yeah, right? out of you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then, and then in some cases, it can be if someone wants to quit their job mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, the worst possible outcome is I can't take Ubers for like six months because <laughs> mm-hmm. I got to save money, you know what I'm saying? Or I got to move back home with my parents. Mm-hmm. Or my girlfriend might leave me because, or my boyfriend might leave me because he's used to a certain lifestyle or she's mm-hmm. used to a certain lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? And for some yeah. people, the answer is like, ah, F that. I'm cool. Then you, yes, you consulted a fear, so you respected it. You heard it. And because we're grown, you said, but nah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but nah. So I think that, that's the key question. Can you handle the worst possible outcome? No, that's a that's a great like way to like really put it into perspective and again, just taking that time and that space to really think about what's happening instead of just letting things like happen to you, I feel like makes such a huge difference. Um mm-hmm. that's a really, really good question. And so then we have some questions um from some of our lovely callers. So again, thank you all for um, you know, taking your time out out of this Tuesday that feels like a Monday um, to chat with us about fear. So one question is, um, my fear is actually getting started. How do I attack my fear with getting started if I think my idea isn't good enough? Hmm, if you think your idea isn't good enough. Well, I think that begins with mindset. And so... I would really holler at some affirmations, man. Um, and Mel, you know this. I just put out an mm-hmm. affirmation EP, and I know this sounds like such a straight-up 
freaking plug. Uh, yeah, the plug. But I mean, shoot, I created it for times like this. So what the hell? Here it is, yo. Right. Um, but yeah, but I really think it begins with some affirmation. Um, let me see one that I can apply for this. Uh, let's say I know that fear keeps all prizes at high value. So I am willing and able to feel the fear and press the health forward anyway. Mm, so again, if you look, yeah, because or else everyone, if there was no fear, then everyone would be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Everyone would have whoever they wanted. It's just this world would be uh, one big haven for gold. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it can be in some small ways, but whatever. Sticking to this um, analogy, fear keeps every prize at high value. Mm-hmm. So you have to be willing to step up and say, you know what? I want it. My why is bigger than my why not. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? My why yeah. for why I want to do this, <laughs> for why this is going to be of benefit, is bigger mm-hmm. than any question that could come to mind. And your why almost has to bring you to, to tears, in a sense. Mm-hmm. That has to completely, like, engulf you. Um, mm-hmm. And then as far as, as starting, I think there's a variety of things. One, it's always great to have an accountability buddy. Mm-hmm. And I know sometimes what fear can do to us is, um, is, is, is grant us with this illusion that we are the sole person feeling this way and we're feeling this way on an island where no one can hear us and no one is even around to dare relate to us, you know. Mm-hmm. But that is so far from the truth absolutely beyond like miles and miles and miles and countries and continents and dare I say galaxies away from the truth you know Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. once like you get it out of your brain and you really start to have a conversation with it that's when you strip it of its power because I'm telling Mm -hmm. you there is like our brain is like the black hole sometimes yes it is (laughs) there's no ending it's just Good infinite fear. thought. You know what I'm saying? But when you get in the conversation, conversation forces you to put, have to have periods. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to what you're saying. And there, there has to be an, an end to a conversation unless somebody's a freaking robot out there with like the ill Duracell power life battery. But we're not. <laughs> and so if you have an accountability buddy, someone that you trust, and, and fuck it, if you don't have it in real life, you can find that joint on Facebook. For real. You can mm-hmm. holler at some people on, on Twitter. Twitter. You can DM yeah. me, and I will figure out a way to be your um, accountability buddy. Like, the, like the Internet is, is, um, is one of our greatest sources of, mm-hmm. um, of life, for real, right. for keeping right. ourselves alive. Um, and if you have an accountability buddy, then there's going to be less excuses because we tend to just let ourselves get relaxed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, definitely. Very comfortable. <laughs> yeah, we baby ourselves like crazy. Like, we would freaking breastfeed ourselves till 21 years of age if we could, <laughs> in a sense. But when you know someone 
is expecting to hear from you, you know someone is going to ask you a question, it kind of just like puts some wheels on you to, to get some things done. Also, mm-hmm. I would break down whatever the task is. There's an excellent episode of um, one of my favorite podcasts called um, $100 MBA. It's a daily podcast that gives you 10-minute um, grand bits of business advice. And they had an episode, what the hell is the exact title? I can, t- I can tell you at the end, Melissa, so you can put it in the email. But okay. it was basically about how to complete projects. And it was mm-hmm. saying, like, the more that you – and Will Smith has this quote, too. It's like if you're going to build a house, you don't look at it as every day I've got to build a house. It's every day you've got to, you know, place a brick as, as perfectly as possible, and then you have a house. And so mm-hmm. with this, it's like you have to start very, very small. You list out all of your tasks. And write mm-hmm. it down. Don't even put it sometimes on a computer because sometimes typing into Word, at least for me, it feels so contractual. You know what I'm saying? I feel very mm-hmm. binded by a Word document. <laughs> and I just like to write because when it's pen and paper, it just takes me back to my youth. It takes me back to journaling. It takes me back to the fact that I can just scribble something out and it's A-OK. You know? mm-hmm. So just write down all of your tasks so you can see them. And then, and then prioritize them and then just focus on them one bite at a time. It's one mm-hmm. bite, yo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. how you freaking eat a cow, one bite <laughs> at a time. Oh, I love that. And I think, um, let's see here, this next question that we have, I think is really, really, really relevant um, because, I mean, presumably everybody on this call is a creative, and so we often deal with procrastination. It's like a big, big thing. So one of our listeners asked, how do you know the difference between fear and procrastination? Oh, I think that they're the same. Mm. I think that they're synonymous. Like fear is the trunk, and procrastination is a branch off of that Mm. tree trunk, you know, the same way like anxiety is a branch off of that tree trunk too. So it's the damn same thing. So again, going back to fear being archaic, fear is looking at whatever the hell you're procrastinating as something that is going to bring pain to you. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case. So you have to remind fear that it's got to evolve. And if it can't, then it can catch up later. It can catch Mm -hmm. up later. For real. And, and sometimes you have to separate, you have to look at fear as an emotion, which it is. And, and I'll give you another affirmation um, for whoever's question that is, because that's an excellent question. So take mm-hmm. this affirmation to consideration. Embed it into your, your mind. Okay. Uh, let's see. I don't need every moment of my life to orbit around my emotions for me to follow through with doing the right thing. That's one of my favorites. For real. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's like, like, this will happen a lot of times for me with writing because I just go into this state of, like, once I pick up my pen, I need to be flowing something freaking poetic and just perfect and ready to be framed and mounted on someone's wall. But mm. it's so much easier for me to just commit to writing pure, smelly shit. <laughs> like that's less scary than this idea of perfectionism I'm, I'm putting on myself you know what mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. so it's a different mm-hmm. perspective to look at it and 
And again, asking, your, asking yourself, are you willing to deal with the worst possible outcome? So let's think about what the worst possible outcome procrastination is going to give you. Mm. Are you down mm-hmm. for that? And hey, some people's DNA works well for them where, you know, one second on the clock and they like, yo, pass me the ball. This is when I do it. This is when I do it. <laughs> and, if, and if that doesn't give you a heart attack, all right, yo, hey, some people have their formulas. I'm not here to say everybody's got to walk the same line. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But for the most part, that don't work for people. That don't work for people. Mm-hmm. And their anxiety reaches a boil, and then they finally get it done. They realize, whoa, why was I so scared of this? But guess what? That comes a little too late. And then you mm-hmm. have true fear, which is a damn deadline. And that's not imaginary. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So this is all like kind of like, you know, fear is a little mischievous too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It is. laughs> some little, some little magic tricks. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it's important to befriend it to get to know it because you got to. And if, I guess if you do want to keep it like an enemy, then we have that entire saying of uh, keep your enemies close. Mm. Wow. Know, know, know what their tactics are, right? Right. Study their style. If that's the enemy and, this, and, and life is a sport, you think, you think freaking Golden State Warriors aren't watching tapes of, of um, freaking LeBron right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think they're watching tapes of LeBron? <laughs> <laughs> to see what happens when he's underneath the basket? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I don't want to go too deep with the freaking sports analogies, but you guys, but you, you, you get me. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. If someone's really stuck and it works for them to be like, nah, the fear is just. I don't fuck with fear. I'm not trying to have you be a part of my five man squad. I cool, but that doesn't excuse you from studying it because you better know who your competition is. Wow. And a lot of times the competition is ourselves, really. Come on. Come through. Come through <laughs> with that closing line. <laughs> come through. <laughs> yeah. So we'll take, um, we'll take one more question. I mean, we have so many great ones. So we'll, me and Tracy will kind of have to pow out to see how we can answer all of them because um, we have so many good ones. But, of course, for the sake of time, we can't answer all of them tonight. But thank you to everyone who submitted a question. Again, we'll – come up with some type of creative way to really answer all the questions that we didn't get to tonight. So, Or, let's... Melissa, Uh-oh. when you have your podcast, Uh-oh. you can just record the answer. <laughs> Talk about fear, huh? Talk about <laughs> fear. Not to put the spotlight on you, baby, but the spotlight on you. <laughs> okay. So next question, and that's and for all who I mean don't know because we and Tracy have been talking about it, but been wanting to create a Black Creators podcast. So this is kind of like the seed to plant to see how it goes. So clearly, it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> next question. So how do you and our well final question? How do you tackle the fear that you feel when you pray for direction? get an answer of what to do, and that answer is totally different from anything you've envisioned for yourself. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Um, well, first and foremost, I always remind myself that I am, this life is a collaboration between 
me, my higher power, my life force, God. Um, and so if God is routinely putting a vision in my eyes that is different from what I saw for myself, and he's taking lead in the project, that's the other thing. You know what I'm saying? It's not 50-50 like that. <laughs> God is holding court in this project, then, then rock with it. Because I feel like our creator, this is another freaking um, affirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, our creator believes that through storm and sun, and we need both of those things, right, for growth, so through storm and sun, our creator embeds us with everything needed to be wildly magnificent in the lane of his choosing. Mm. And again, we are the same size, if not bigger, than our fear. You know? And again, mm-hmm. life is all about seasons as well. And if we want a promotion in life, then you got to match that promotion with character, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what bosses are looking for when it's like, all right, who are we going to shoot up the ladder? <laughs> who has the mm-hmm. muscle to handle? And if God is showing you something and you may not be rocking with it, but it can just be, again, for a season. And what's the beautiful thing about seasons? They're temporary. They come mm-hmm. with an expiration date, you know? And as much as, like, people in New York City, like, hate the snow, but if you take a second and find the beauty in this beast, snow pun, (laughs) it can help the time pass, you know, because the time is going to pass by anyway, so it's just a matter of do we want it to pass by in pain or do we want to find some type of, if not pleasure, but at least peace in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and, and, and that comes with just being in a constant, um, space that activates your faith. You know what I'm saying? So fellowship is really important. And those times where you have friends that are very faith-based, um, mm-hmm. paying attention to what is being poured into your subconscious, right. like on a, on a level of repetition, you know what I mean? So if you've got to mm-hmm. listen to personal development podcasts all the time to remind you that you're chosen for something more, again, like these things keep the prizes at high value. If everyone had the prize, what happens when everyone has something? The value depreciates, right? Right. Very true. The trend moves on. <laughs> but Saks Fifth Avenue... It's never going to be a trend. You know right. what I'm saying? That story is probably is never going to shut down because mm-hmm. it's for, like, it's just a different level. It's a different level. And if you believe that you're chosen to be there, then you got to climb. Mm-hmm. you got to climb. And as you climb, baby girl, you're going to get you some banging ass thighs. So don't you... <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I think that's the perfect way to close out our call tonight on Befriending Fear. Thank you again, Tracy. Of course, as usual, you were amazing um, during this call. And again, I just want to say thank you to everyone who just tuned in, took the time to tweet out gems. Um, this call will be available for replay. Um, so right after, you know, we ended, I'll post it via our Twitter page. It's Black BLK Creative on Twitter is the handle. So, again, I mean, thank you, Tracy. Again, do you have any parting words about fear? Um, I want everyone to come up with a name for their fear and tweet <laughs> it to me because Gertrude needs friends. <laughs> so that's my little assignment yo take it or leave it but if you take it you tweet it okay so I want to know what you are naming fear and Mel I just want to say thank you so much it's always such a pleasure to collaborate with you and yes. I'm really excited for all of your forthcoming chapters because I know they're going to be sparkly as fuck and I love the sight of your shine and um, oh, I just you. want to say thank you to everyone who joined us, even though we weren't able to hear you um, verbally, but I still feel mm-hmm. like I felt you. So Definitely. I really appreciate your presence. Okay. I hope that made a good point for why fear ain't that big of an asshole, guys. It's just sort of like a, a misunderstood emotion roaming the earth with some issues which I think sounds like a ton of people that we all know, right, right? <laughs> but anyways, I definitely love to hear your thoughts on fear, how you guys um, deal with it, recycle it, befriend it. So share with me. Find me on Twitter, on IG, at itstracyg, I-T-S-T-R-A-C-Y-G. Um, and you should also hit Melissa on there while you're at it. She's at Melissa underscore Kimball, also at Black Creatives, that's B-L-K Creatives. And I will put all of the info inside the info box, which if you're on iTunes, you can just hit the logo and all will be revealed. Or you can go to she'sbeautyandthebeast.com. Still collecting questions, uh, episode suggestions. So feel free to reach out while you're massaging your belly this weekend. It's tracyg at gmail.com is the email for you. Tis all. I'm going on a retreat this weekend. Well, really, I'm going upstairs to my girl's banging ass apartment. <laughs> But a retreat, damn it. That's what I'm calling it because I'm going to plan out 2017 with her so I can give you a popping, progressive, provocative, purposeful package of things for the new year. You know what I mean? That was a horrible accent. Look what Drake did to me. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just excited about uh, the road ahead because I've got my squad with me. And all right, I'm about to hit rambling status. I can feel it upon me, so it's time for me to peace out. But my final words, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Forever, forever grateful for your support. I love thee. I do. Keep the soul lit. She's beauty and the beauty.